0: Hello, my name is Michelle Kramer Fitzgerald, and I welcome you to Delaware State of the Arts here on 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV, and I am pleased to have with me today Rebecca Lowe, Adult Program Coordinator of the Lewis Public Library, and John Donato, who is an an experiential teaching artist. I love that title. That's great. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Ah, Thank you. Um, So let's start off the two of you. Um, For people who don't know what the term means. Can you describe what creative aging is and what it means to you? And the same question to John when, you, when you're when you finished.
1: All right, uh, so creative aging, it's um, geared towards people 55 and up. And it's about um, really exploring your passions and your interests as you enter or are in your retirement years. So it's a chance to like really um, test out things that maybe you hadn't tested out, get some skills, Um, and then as a corollary to that, it's also, making, forming new relationships with others, making friendships, um, you know, feeling like you're part of a community. Um, And all of that's really important down where we live in in Lewis um, and the surrounding area, just because this is a retirement destination. And we do have a lot of folks who are moving here from other communities and are looking to build new communities and become part of new communities and figuring out what they want to do during their retirement years. That's
2: a a pretty good description of it. Um, I could add that um, it's sort of empowering these folks to sort of create newer and different versions of themselves moving into this part of their life where some folks may feel they don't provide value anymore, not being in the workplace or things like that. so so how do you actually learn about yourself, learn about others in a way that reinvigorates sort of things that excite you and things that keep your mind moving in a progressive, innovative way. So what is it that you are still capable of doing, being that there's still a lot of life left to live? So it's just re-energizing folks' ability to create this 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 newer version of themselves.
0: I think that's a really important project. Um, I think a lot of people don't think about that in the next you know phase. I'm going to retire. What am I going to do next? But there's still a lot of creativity in people. You're right. There's and you can reinvent yourself, as you say. And um, so you're both obviously passionate and really interested in this project and and this type of um, thing. So how did the two of you get together to work on this project together? So, uh, well,
1: I, I knew of John as an artist. Who doesn't know of John as an artist in this area? Um, so what brought us together was actually DDOA. Um, The Delaware Division of the Arts, which uh, received a grant for creative aging. And it was specifically to bring um, an artist. And it didn't have to necessarily be the type of artist that John is, it could have been somebody who did theater, somebody who did, you know, some other form of creative activity to bring them into the public library setting for an eight week session that would, um, that would be skill building around creativity. Um, because the amazing thing about the grant was it was going to pay for not only John's time, not only his teaching time, his prep time, his cleanup time, setup time, um, the time, all the time that he invested in developing the curriculum and then the time outside of teaching for that and the materials, all of that was going to be covered. Um, which would allow us to offer the course um, without charge to us, other than just, you know, basically the in kind of the meeting space and my time and my staff's time with promoting it and that type of thing. Um, And for me, that was really super important because um, John's time is very valuable, and it's reflected in the amount that he he has to charge, because there's so much of himself that he's invested in it, and people need to be paid for that type of work that they're doing, and they need to be paid adequately, if not above and beyond what they should be paid. Um, um, As a public library, our philosophy is that we do not charge for programming. We want absolutely no financial barriers between the participant and what they want to participate in. Um, So we can't pass on any costs to our our folks. Um, So to be able to offer something that's just incredible that we never would have been able to offer otherwise was just amazing. Um, So, you know, we were given a list of artists that we could consider. And actually, John was suggested to me. And as soon as he was suggested to me, I was like, oh, my God, of course. Yeah, that totally makes sense for us. And then
0: that's how we got together. Excellent. Well, there are two things in there that you said that I Absolutely subscribe to, and I love the fact that you're, you're offering um, programs to the community with no barriers, which is what I love. I love the, the way that you put that together, but also that you recognize that artists need to be compensated for their work and their work. I think sometimes that's missed on a lot of things. like When art is created or when people experience art, they don't realize this is a person's livelihood and, and they still must be paid for their work and their work is valuable and their, their work has a value. So thank you for realizing both of those things and being able to make that possible. Um, so John, I see that you, our, our listeners can't see it, but he has a, a, a tag on that says, John artist in charge, which I love. I want one of those, <laughs> want, yeah. one of those myself. Um, so John, tell me a little bit about your work as an artist and why this project spoke to you.
2: Um again back to anybody that knows Rebecca in the library community wants to work with her. So the minute I knew she was on to this, I had to go work with Lewis You're Library. You're like the dream Rebecca. team
0: of art. Yeah,
2: it really this community, you know, you just you get to know the people that you really want to work with and and when you get that opportunity, you jump. Um so what was your question again? To <laughs> What okay. drew me to this as an uh, yeah, Tell
0: me a little bit about your work <laughs> as an artist and then also why uh, your work, what, what drew you to the project?
2: Um, so my background was in the corporate world. So I wasn't an artist for most of my life, um, never painted until about 12 years ago. Uh-huh. So for me to make the transition into art and becoming a full-time artist, the career of you know, actually creating things and trying to sell them and everything else that went along with that, um, I understood what it was like to go through a big change. To sort of have to learn something all over again, Mm -hmm. to experience fear, to experience uncertainty, to to experience self-doubt and all those things that go along with it. So when I became an artist, I I just I really understood those things. Now, when I became an artist, I understood how art actually allowed me to be more creative. That that process of creating art really helped me work through all of those things with a business mind saying, how am I going to do this for a living? I'm going to start from scratch, like at 50 years old, I'm going to start from scratch and do this. So I could really understand and being uh, now I'm going to be 60, you know, I, I can understand what folks in this class might be feeling. So there's sort of an empathy that goes along with it being in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So what draws me to the projects that I do is being help, being able to help folks using artwork as the tool to understand more about what it is they're afraid of, what it is that they 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 are good at, what is it that they're interested in, what is their passion in. and to understand that your brain has an elasticity to it, you're never done growing. So if you can sort of get into a mindset that is a, of a growth mindset that I can still grow, my best is yet to come. Once you can get into that mindset, you are really capable of learning and doing maybe not everything, But most things and a lot of things that you would like to do, so you're capable of achieving a lot once you get into that mindset. So what drew me to art and to my style of designing curriculum, as Rebecca said, and things like that, is what is it folks can learn? How can I help them transform in a way that gives them a lifelong ability to learn new things? And art is just, I think, one of the most fantastic tools to get people relaxed, to let them have fun, to learn how to trust each other, build skills and be flexible in a way so you can experiment in that environment and then learn about yourselves, learn about each other, become social again, make friends, and at the same time you're growing. So it it allows you to come up a little bit and then over a little bit and then come up a little bit and over a little bit. And what I enjoy the most is being the person that they can trust. That can help them never fail because there is no failure in these classes. There is only new results, and then you move from there um, to help them to help them and guide them in that way to this sort of growth, no matter what age they are. That's what draws me to art: is its ability, if you really think about it, to be able to accomplish all of those things.
0: I think that's a really great way to approach this. I think it's a really uh, welcoming way, a really accessible way to approach people, you know, experiencing. Uh, your, your project and your classes. And I, I think that's really lovely. So thank you for approaching it that way. That's, that's a really different way to, to see it. And before we go any further, I just want to take a moment to remind all of our listeners that you are listening to Delaware State of the Arts here on 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. And my guests today are Rebecca Lowe, who is the adult program coordinator at Lewis Public Library and John Donato, who is a very colorful and exciting experiential teaching artist, and they have collaborated on a creative aging program at Lewis Public Library. So, Rebecca, tell me, or maybe maybe John will tell me, either of you tell me, if I take this class, the these, uh, creative aging class that you're offering at Lewis Public Library, what can I expect when I walk in the door? Rebecca,
2: you want to take that, or you want me to go with that <laughs> Well, one, trade <laughs> off. I'll start, Rebecca, jump in, because I was in the, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with the folks that were there. there. Um, you're sort of managing chaos, you're not really controlling it. But the chaos that you're <laughs> managing is everyone being able to give their input and experiment together, which means, you know, I had a curriculum, but at any time I was shifting and pivoting that curriculum, I'd move this ahead, maybe knock this out completely. I would completely adjust based on Every individual in the room and where they were in the process. So part of it is you're, you, you know, you're going to be in a room where there's no way to, to mess up. Like there's just no way to make a mistake in this, in, the, in the, these classes that I like to design. And you're going to discover new ways of doing things simply by what you would think is a mistake. So you're always going to start from here and then you're going to move here. So this class would shift in so many different ways and the conversations that would come out of it. And the thoughts and the ideas, because we were sharing ideas, you would be developing lines of thinking and verticals in thinking that you had never anticipated you would be involved in within a group where you really all trust each other. So, and at the same time, you're going to learn how to do really great artwork. So that's the thing is you're, you're sort of learning how to do this artwork. Without all the stress of knowing that, oh, my God, I'm trying to do art for the first time in, in, in 60 years. Like, how do you do that? That's never a thought in your head. It's just this is fun. So you're just going to have a lot of fun. And that's one of my goals is it has to be fun. It has to be engaging and that I have to be there as a servant leader. I am there to serve everyone in the room. So you are in a safe place where it's always flexible and you will always walk away with a good experience every time you come in, which means you will look forward to coming back which was really part of the criteria. How do you get people to come back eight times yeah. on their own willingly? Um, it has to be fun. It has to be all these things. So first and foremost, expect to have fun. Second, you're going to do some great artwork. And because it's of a whimsical nature, you're going to be able to go out and share that with the world and bring those ripples out to everyone you meet after that.
0: That's great. Do you? So what's the medium that you're working, or media? Where, are we painting? Are we sculpting? Are we doing all of that?
2: Um I actually picked pastel for oh, this wow. project and okay. pastels is relatively new to me. Now if you know artists you know we can we we love digging into any sort of new medium and you know we're we're just not afraid of it. So pastels I had had some experience with it. Um given the type of room and facility we were working in and I decided pastels was portable enough. It was really easy to keep the, the area clean. Um I could develop kits that people could take away as their own and then build on that kit. Um, It fit the budget for what we were doing. So I was really conscious of, you know, like Rebecca said, they offer these programs for free. So with her philosophy, I'm like, okay, how do I come up with a really top notch type of program that allows folks to really experiment with an art form that can be extremely, extremely difficult, but at the same time, easy. And how do you do all those within the budget, and where they can actually accomplish the, the goals of using this art. And I found pastels to be the medium that would do this, all of this for this particular project. So that's the one that I chose. And then I had to become an expert on it. I had to very quickly ramp up. So I always told my students, sometimes I'm only 10 minutes ahead of you on what we're doing right your now. Students. I'm learning. <laughs> I mean, split second, sometimes 10 minutes, 10 seconds ahead of them. But you sort of have to sort of trust the process to do that. Sure. But pastel was the, was the medium. That's the one that I chose.
0: But I think also because you're, not as familiar with pastels as, as you are maybe with other media, that's very approachable too, right? So you're not a quote unquote expert in pastels. So you're more relating to your audience. Hey, we're going to learn together. I think that's yes, that's I, a really nice approach.
2: I absolutely have to be in the mindset of where they are at all times. And my peripheral vision, and Rebecca knows this because she she does this as you know when when she's when she's um, putting these things together Your peripheral, how does it apply to everyone? How is it inclusive to everyone? And I think we were both on board with how do we make it so this is for anyone that comes in that room has this level of success that you can transform their growth mindset. That's great. I love
0: that. So, Rebecca, so the the classes are at the library, obviously, and it's an eight-week course, correct?
1: Yeah, So, and it's designed that it is a skill-building class, so you learn something new that's building on something you've learned previously. So that was one of the criteria of the grant is it couldn't just be eight one-offs where you could like dip in and dip out. And it was like, no, we want 12 individuals who are going to be committed to coming for eight weeks to learn this.
0: Excellent. And, and do you, are your classes full now or are you just opening up
1: here? Oh my gosh. Uh, so <laughs> we did a, we did a fall cycle, um, which not only filled up I don't even think we really advertised it that that much but it filled up almost immediately and we had for 12 spaces, we had 26 people on the waiting list. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so we could have offered it more than three times <laughs> to, sure. to, to, to meet the need. And like I said, we did not even really advertise it to the full extent that we normally advertise all of our programs. Um, so then we just completed the spring series. And for that, um, to be honest, I did not advertise that at all. I went back to the 20, the 26 people on the list and said, mm-hmm. hey here's your shot. We're doing this again. I'm going to give all of you first dibs um, and we had 12 people sign up and then one who snuck in because her friend forwarded her the email. (laughs) (laughs) And John was very kind and said okay. (laughs) And then hopefully we'll be able to offer this again in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, We are waiting for confirmation from DDOA that they are getting another um, grant and that we can and do this again, because it's very popular. I mean, like I said, art is, offering art courses is very expensive and we can't do it without some type of support. Um, And I think one of the things that the beauty of being able to offer it for free is that, you know, we, like I said, we live in a retirement community and there are art classes that people can take. They can take it through the Rohoboth Art League, wonderful organization. They can take it through, you know, the lifelong learning, wonderful organization, but you have to pay. And so if it's something that you're thinking, I'd really like to try this or maybe I dabbled in it and I want to get a little better or see if I can get better, free is a great way for you to be able to do that. For you to be able to kind of dip your toe in and go, okay, yeah, I like this or maybe you do it and you're like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't what I wanted to do. Now I'm going to shift to do something else. Um, So that's why it's so important to be able to offer that. to folks to be able to do that without having to worry about oh my god you know it's just that kind of like added stress when you're like oh my god i'm paying money for this and i'm not doing well at it and i want to do well and i'm getting my money's worth i'm not getting my money's worth you know which really stinks Um, And I think the other beauty of it, really you cannot stress enough the chance that it is for people to start to find um, individuals that they can relate to. And because when you retire, so much of what people forget is that when you retire, you're leaving your community. So you've had this community that maybe you brought your kids up in, you worked in, all of that, you know, you had your your ways, your people, and then you're like, oh great, I'm gonna go retire to the beach. And you move to the beach and all of a sudden you don't have that community. Your community didn't move with you. Right you know, or unless maybe you're from Philly and everybody goes to the same spot. There's a lot of people who move
0: from Philly, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but
1: for the most part, your community doesn't move with you. So you have to establish a new community. And we all know as adults how hard it is to make friends when you're an adult, you know? And so this is just a chance for people to start to feel more integrated into a community, find people that they can relate to, and, you know, you see little friendships form and it's really nice. You know, mm. next thing you know, people are going out for coffee together or they're, you know, getting together after class to talk about things. And it's just a really nice experience to see.
2: And, you know, yeah. uh, what Rebecca is mentioning, that's not hypothetical either. Like this really happened. They, they, We were in a Facebook group together, a private group. These students are still talking to each other. They're sharing artwork online. We're doing Virtual happy hours where we meet on Friday and I'll just show them a new technique or they'll show me what they're working on and we'll all get together. They're requesting to go to the library and meet on their own during the book hours where they can actually still go and meet again. We even had folks from the first Lewis Library class coming in to visit the folks in the spring class just mm-hmm. as guest helpers. So they'd come in and then they would connect this way. And now we're actually creating a group where we can learn how to do more of these things together so yeah. that the social part of this um, was just incredible. I think I had one student that was really not so much interested in the artwork as he was just talking to everybody in that group sure. and having fun and laughing. And he said, sure. I keep coming back because it's so much fun and I enjoy this group so much.
0: It, so, so it that, really is an experiential process, right? It really yeah. is providing people that experience that they really need. Yeah,
2: it's the facilitator's, I think, uh, responsibility to create the environment, to create the groundwork that that allows that to happen in that room.
0: Yeah. Well, I would love to talk about this all day, and we really could because this is a fantastic (laughs) program. But very quickly, um, so Rebecca, tell me where people can find information about the programs, this one and others, at Lewis Public Library. Best place is our
1: website, so Lewis L E W E L-I-V dot us. Just plug that in, or you can Google Lewis Lewis Public Library. You go to our website and we specifically have a page that's programs for adults. You can get to it to a couple of way, from a couple of ways on the homepage. Um, and it lists all of our upcoming events. And it could be classes like this, it could be author events, it could be, you know, foreign language conversation groups, discussion groups, book clubs everything is on that one page. And then um, usually there's some type of registration and that'll take you to the portal to be
0: able to do that. Great. And John, where can people find out more about your work as an
2: artist? Uh, My website's johndonatoart.com. And my email is also john at johndonatoart.com. So any number of ways um, you Google me, you're probably going to find me some way or another, but um, I get contacted all the time directly about these kinds of programs.
1: Wonderful. And both of us, both uh, John and the library are are active on social media, so you can, I know we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find us on
0: all of that. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you both for talking with me today. Uh, I want to thank Rebecca Lowe from the Lewis Public Library and John Donato, who is a wonderful uh, teaching artists and uh, visual artists. I can't wait to meet you in person. So thank you very much for being here. My name is Michelle Kramer Fitzgerald. This is Delaware State of the Arts on 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Thank you both so much for being here with me today. Oh, Thanks, thanks. for having us.